Bonanza the Brew Show. What is up, brother? Cuz, how you doing, man? How's your, your Memorial Day weekend? Nope, oh, going. I had a little uh, event at the wine club last night, and uh, went and had a little fun at the park with the, with the boys, with the kids, and uh, ready to talk some NBA finals, baby. Yeah, don't, finals don't, make, don't make it sound so exciting, Cuz. You, you know, you know, you were just. <laughs> Preparing me for uh, certain things. Have I even told the, the, the fans, the public? I don't believe so. I, don't think I, don't so. Believe- I guess I'm breaking news. Uh, we're, yes. we're having a, a little boy here pretty soon. And uh, in about three months, the cause is telling me, first child, of course, and cause is telling me the, the thrills of parenthood. And yes. you, you're not out there living on the edge, cause. You're, what were you doing? You were no. leaving the house without people, an extra uh, diaper? People- yeah, that's 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 like that's like an edgy life for a for a parent. You know, you're like, you know, you you get in the car, you pack all the baby stuff up, and you're like, oh, we only got one diaper and a couple of wipes, and you're like, I don't want to go back in the house. You're like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with just this one diaper, and this and this couple of wipes. I'm gonna do it. I have faith in my kids' bowels. You know, that's about as exciting as it gets. It's like a real like that's like jumping out of a plane for a parent. You know. So, uh, yeah, good luck to you. Well, well thank you very much. Um, you know, you, we're kind of just hunkering down. we got about three months to go. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it does seem like the calm before the storm. So uh, I will um, be studying up a little early this year for the Brewski 150 for uh, all of you fantasy heads out there. And um, it, it's a big year. It's a big year for hoopball in general, just with certain plans that we have on the table for growth. And, um this time of year, this playoff basketball time of year, it's kind of been nice. I'm not going to lie because it's slowing down a little bit. Uh, it's been just an extraordinary um, playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, the Bucks and the Raptors last week was just uh, great theater. I-, I loved watching it, even when it was ugly. Um, and now we got a really – I'm, I'm excited for these, these finals here. I, um, I, I might say some things here on this podcast. But uh before we jump into I guess post mortem work for uh the Buck the Bucks and the Raptors, um, you know, we, we did have some things hit the radar. Uh I don't know that any of them are Lakers related. Did we miss any Good. Lakers related drama over the last week? Uh I, no, I, they just they just have Someone decided to tell the media that LeBron has started recruiting for the Lakers and has been talking to Kawhi and uh, I forget who uh, and Jimmy Butler. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that stuff. Who do you who do you think's leaking this stuff? If you had to guess, LeBron's like, camp. That, to, to, LeBron's that, camp. I would think. It feels a little. I mean, this is totally speculation. This isn't even like responsible, but like it feels like a little bit like, hey guys, you remember me, <laughs> yeah. LeBron over here? <laughs> it, it just. I mean, there's just too much um, uh, stuff going on that's that's not got his name on it, you know. And I mean, you're you're looking at people sort of fawning over Giannis and fawning over Kawhi. Uh, we had all NBA teams that were that were just released. We're going to talk a little bit about those, but uh, you were you were going to say something, sir? I'm really surprised that Nike didn't jump all over this, uh, like LeBron not making the playoffs. And maybe maybe there'll be something in the finals. But I would have had the, a huge campaign of like LeBron at his house, you know, just like bumbling around and is getting on his wife's nerves of like, why are you here? You know, like they totally could have ran with this thing and made like a very memorable. And maybe they will since he's been in the finals so many times. Maybe it's coming, but I just – that's the first thing I thought when, like, when uh, I think it was on Inside the NBA when they were talking about, hey, LeBron, you should come on the show since you're not in the playoffs this year. And I just thought, like, that's kind of funny. Like, you know, all the things that, like, he could be doing, you know, like going on vacation earlier and, like, you know, going to his kids, like, the PTA meetings and all that stuff. Like, you See, know, you're, like, you're approaching this very f- funny, like, uh, I, I would think, like, the low-hanging fruit here, I mean, come on, if you're Nike and this is LeBron and you guys are tied at the hip and invested, like, what about the, like, Rocky Four style montage of making it back up the mountain, you know? Even that, that's fine. 
but that's just not as memorable to me. Like, you know, that's just a that's no. Because your idea is way better. It's it, it just yeah. you know LeBron's wife just yelling at him all day. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a, I don't remember if you remember that uh, Olympics when they had those American decathletes Dan and Dave, and they did the big push, and then the one guy didn't make it. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> I think it was Reebok. But instead of just burying it, they made this whole thing where he was just kind of chilling, watching the guy who did make it train really hard. And stuff. I forgot about Dan and Dave. I got to remember that's that the though? mark of an of an old man or an older aging man. Um, I mean that because that was back in the day where if you know somebody put money and leaned into something on one of thirteen channels or whatever we had back then. You know, it was a huge deal. Everybody knew Dan and Dave. And then I, I forget which one didn't make it. Was it Dave or Dan? It's Dan. Because Dan was the better one. Dan was favored to win the whole thing. And, and, and Dan, I think, like, Dave was, like, a top five guy in the world. But Dan was, like, clearly the best decathlete in the world. And then he screwed up on, the, I think, the pole vault or something like that. And he didn't make it. And it was just like, and you could see like Reeboks just like, oh my God, what have we done? But then they took it and, and you know, they took it and ran with it. Nobody you know? will notice. <laughs> Speaking of Dan uh, and Dave, there were um, all sorts of an announcements in the NBA about uh, all rookie teams and all NBA teams. And, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. just really going to milk that pivot where I could just segue into anything using anything and have it make total sense. This all-rookie team, um, I didn't have any major uh, issues, I don't think. Uh, the, the, the winners of the first uh, all-rookie team, you got Luka Doncic, Trey Young. Uh, then I'll probably take uh, Umbridge with the DeAndre Ayton selection, Jaron Jackson Jr., and then Marvin Bagley made it. Uh, second team where you might be asking, well, who who might replace DeAndre Ayton? And I'm not quite sure I have a great answer for that. Uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander, Colin Sexton, Landry Shamit, and uh, Mitchell Robinson, and Kevin Huerter. Kevin Huerter. Yeah, I think, um, you know, outside of Donkic and Jackson, maybe, I think that. That um, I don't know. Bagley's good too, but I think the eight and young. It wouldn't shock me if like three of those guys on that second team are end up to be way better players than those guys. Like Shea Gilders, Alexander, and Shaman are for real. That's uh, that's a backcourt I'm really excited to watch next year. Uh, yeah, I think, and, and and I really liked, you know, what I saw from Sexton, even though he was on a bad team. Well, he learned um, how to shoot toward the end of the year. He was shooting like forty percent from three on a lot of volume. But, yeah, yeah. So I think they've got a good situation there. The Robinson thing's funny. I was listening to a Isola talk the other day, and he was like, "I guess Alonzo Trier and Kevin Knox were." on something and they were expressing their disappointment for not also making the all rookie team. And, and I saw was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys won 17 games. You think three of you guys should be on the all rookie team? <laughs> like really? <laughs> yeah. And, and with Mitchell Robinson, I mean, he's got a great future, you know, if he could just keep on the trajectory that he's on, but they just let him go run around and block stuff. Like, he had five fouls, you know, within 15 minutes, half the time. And, uh, I mean, yeah. who knows there, but yeah, Aiton, I, I mean, he, t to me, he had a really rough rookie year for being the number one pick and having, you know, so much expected of him and, um, some of his stuff defensively and, and just with the, uh, even like the, the in between the ears game, I, I saw some, you know, stuff that I'd be concerned about if you, you know, you were hoping this guy was going to be, the game changing number one. I uh, think uh, I think my main thing with him <clears throat> pre I mean pre draft, um, I still I, I would have taken him number one, but the thing was the motor, and uh, that to me is at the heart of all of his uh, all of his issues. He just doesn't work that hard all the time, and uh, <laughs> you know it's just you know when you're that big and you just if you work hard you can fall on the stats. You know, if you do, if you if you really hustle, you can fall into 18 and 12s all the time. And, you know, he just doesn't. So 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's an inconsistency thing, and um, and and I just I wonder about his uh, footwork and his his uh, speed, or not his footwork, but his speed and his explosiveness as he uh, you know gets older and gets more mileage on the body. Um, Shamit, just to kind of close this this whole uh, rookie thing we're talking about here, Shamit, to, man, he he's so much faster and athletic than I think people realize. Even I even what I realized, you know, with him coming into the league, I, I think he's got a potential to, to really sort of challenge what we all think his ceiling is. Yeah. Um, then, then came the first, second and third team, all NBA selections. And this one was interesting because they actually got to break the news to clay Thompson live. And so yeah. <laughs> some people were like complaining, like that's messed up. And I'm like, all right, come on. You know, these are all big boys. They can handle this stuff, but it was, it was like a raw moment. And, um, you could tell he was pretty frustrated. Um, we'll go through here real quick and, and knock these guys out. First team was James Harden, Steph Curry, Giannis, Paul George, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, followed by on the second team, Damian Lillard, Ka- Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Joel Embiid. And then you had your third team with Russell Westbrook, Kemba Walker, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, and Rudy Gobert. Um, so they are, they're breaking it to Clay. And I think was he given names? I think he was given names of people that made it, like Kemba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kemba was the one because they said where he finished in the voting. Yeah, you were right behind Kemba for that last spot, and that's where he had the major eye roll. You know, <laughs> it was, was like, and I felt bad for Kemba because, like, I don't think he it was any shot on Kemba. It's just like I don't think that anybody in a a, a novice basketball observer can think that Kemba Walker is a better player <laughs> than Clay Thompson. So, uh, and I, and you know, he was like, what do you say? He was like, he's like, he's like, I don't know, you know, five straight finals, you know? And, and, and that's like something like, it's like, are the where's just going to the finals despite the awfulness of Clay Thompson, <laughs> which is kind of the, you know, it's like, come on guys. I mean, <laughs> He did it in a way too, like you know, when you're 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 talking trash with people, and and but you have like the 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 winning argument, which is usually something to do with wins or rings or something in that ballpark right. of we have right. we beat you, you know, we beat you guys. You know? <laughs> and I hate to pick on your Raider fans, but that was when the Niners were this great team and the Raiders were not. You know, it was always so frustrating. Your 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 Raider fans would always argue, despite the winning record, that they were the better team. And yeah. you can't yeah. do that. Um, you know, Clay, <laughs> he's he's basically playing that same argument. It's like, you know, look, man, you know, we've won so much. And so I think it's yet another disappointing, um, you know, um, year for the voters, though not as bad as years past. Um, they're catching a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's you know, it's not as bad as years past. So, like, looking at the first team, I don't know if I have any argument with Harden after the year that he had Curry – uh, Giannis, and and then when you start to get a little fuzzy, maybe with the Paul George and, and Nikola Jokic selections. Um, yeah, I'm actually good with that. I think they just they had to honor the best player on the team with the best record in the league, you know. So I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. And you know, I thought Paul George had a really good year. It's just, it's just sometimes it doesn't, you know. Yeah, I thought he had a much better year than Russell Westbrook, but. At times, it seems like he's not the best player on the team, so it's just one of those weird things, you know. Westbrook is the one that this one, this one, he's the one that stands out as why these guys shouldn't be voting. You know, the the media members, like to me, do you think he should be higher or not on it? At I don't all? think he should be close to on it. I mean, he really struggled this year. Like, I, I didn't like, I don't like the Kyrie Irving selection either. Yeah, and I, was, I, think, I mean, there's a couple. I, I, I mean, to me, Westbrook, Kyrie Irving. And LeBron James are, you know, complete no-nos to me. And I, I just don't – but, yeah, I don't understand it. But Yeah, it's – you know, I think with Russell Westbrook, I mean, people just really overvalue triple-doubles. And yes. It, yes. I mean, that's really all it boils down to. He's, I mean, stat hunting when he's out there. He's taking terrible shots. It's yeah. really hard to watch defensively. He's not there. So. Yeah. There were some huge stretches in the year that they lost um, quite a few close games, and it was pretty, pretty 
joint at the hip tied to his his playing decision making. I mean, he had some pretty atrocious end of game um, situations, and you're just like, dude, if you you you'd hate. It's kind of one of those things. If like, you weren't even on the floor, <laughs> you're on the floor. They could have maybe done something. You know, so uh, yeah, I, that that perked me up. But uh, you know how much this is a lot like the Grammys and the Oscars. You know, they give lifetime achievement awards. <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's the LeBron James uh, selection for the third team. I don't think I have him on my list. Uh, just the the guy not playing defense for like I don't know uh, if he played in what say he played in about sixty sixty five games. Sixty five, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, he. Uh, Played defense in no, he didn't maybe, play that many. He played Most defense in what twenty of those games? I mean, maybe. that's uh, a lot. He, he wasn't lighting it up on that end of the court. No, no. So <laughs> I'm I'm perfectly fine not having him on this list. But um, yeah, Clay Thompson definitely should have been up there, and I could have seen Kawhi, you know, in that first team. Um, over Paul yeah, George, it, it's it's tight. I'm not I'm not. They penalized him for, for the games that he missed. Um, but I thought his, like, out of those two, I thought that clearly his impact. Because that's, that's the thing about LeBron. People could talk, hold his stats up there, and they're as good as they've ever been for him. But they had no impact whatsoever on winning. None. None. <laughs> like, you know, when you're, you're, down, you're down 20 points in the first quarter and, and 30 at the half. Who cares what your stats are? Who cares? You know? <laughs> I, thought, I, thought that was, I thought that a lot with, um, when people were saying how good of a, a – Second half of the season, Trey Young had. It's like, well, who cares? They're never in the game. Who cares? And, and with Trey Young, this is going to be an interesting thing for next year and just sort of how the game gets officiated. I, he was, to me, James Harden in a point guard body. Like, with the, uh, the, the, just the, it's like, it's not basketball. It's something else. It's it's basketball, but for the purpose of of just getting fouls called, which again yeah. is you know that's how you win a game. So yeah. it, it is what it is. But like, just the I mean the fact that you can't go around a screen that's usually being set illegally at the same time. <laughs> you know the fact that you can't do that without fear of a player jumping sideways into you. <laughs> And, and you know, it's it's guys like Mark Davis, you know, these officials like Mark Davis out there, you know, not to pick on Mark Davis, but like he, they, they're so over legalistic about it that yes. they just have lost the ability to see something for what it is. And that, you know, that's when I think if, if the, the officiating does make a turn, if they do kind of like just, you know, the officials take a stand against flopping. That, yeah. that might be the way that we regain some balance. But um, and, and real quick before we head into the, the nuts and bolts of this show here, um, all defensive teams were announced. And I was really surprised to see Eric Bledsoe on this what? list. I don't have those in front of me. So Read basically we got the first team is Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Smart, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. And then the second team is Drew Holiday, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, and Joel Embiid. Um, I just was surprised to see. I mean, I, I've always thought Bledsoe had it in him to be a good defender, um, but there's been so many uh, just examples throughout the years of him not doing the uh, in between the ear stuff very well. So uh, he, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I watched every single Bucks game this year, but right. those that do watch them. And um, you know, comment on them accurately. Have been pretty happy with him yeah. for his defense. So uh, maybe this is also a little bit of the Giannis effect. Yeah, you know, playing next to somebody like that can make you look pretty damn good. Right. Uh, that second team though is stacked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Draymond Green. I mean, the, granted, if he looked like this, you know, the way he looks in the playoffs, he'd probably have won Defensive Player of the Year. Right. Yeah, I think that I thought his, his I thought he looked, I thought he looked I mean obviously he was having some trouble being in shape and there might have been some minor injury throughout the year, but I think a lot of his defense suffered from other guys' defense. I thought that because Iggy played so little in the um in and and Livingston wasn't as effective as he normally was. He basically just had uh, Clay 
that was really connected. I thought Kevin Durant was wandering all over the place um, throughout the year, and Steph is Steph. So I think that where it's usually a little bit tighter for him to really do what he does, I think that because it was so loose at the perimeter, his help was either ineffective or late because he was he was trying to make up for someone else's you know poor decision you know so because um, I think I thought mentally he was still there but he just a little was that he was a little out of shape and just you know things I thought from other people weren't where they needed to be but um, the Kawhi again uh, Kawhi I think you know you can always put him on the first team. Um, well, you could. The second team is actually a better defensive team than the first team. <laughs> oh, it is so much it, better. I'm, it, not too, I'm not too sure how much I like Marcus Smart on that first team. I just don't know that he plays enough to <laughs> to warrant being <laughs> called the the best the defensive guard in the league. The league. I don't know. It, it, that's a that's a reputation win right there. Uh, you know, voting on this stuff. You know, before we move into the, the the nuts and bolts of this stuff, the voting on this stuff. I just know from like a, a gaming perspective, whether it's fantasy or, or I've been doing the odds all playoffs long, and uh, to be good at that stuff, you have to watch so much basketball and you have to yeah. read about so much basketball. And these guys in the media that get these votes, um, they're often, it's like usually brick and mortar media. Mm-hmm. So some of these outfits, like, you know, I'm, I won't po- point any fingers, but, um, you know, somewhere in this vicinity of the, the state, uh, there are, you know, they're underfunded operations and yeah. they're not, you know, aside from having to do your daily, you know, sort of beat writer duties where you're following or doing a lot of standing around it, you know, in the middle of basketball courts or standing around waiting for press conferences to start traveling to and from the arenas, you know, if you're even higher up the food chain, you're dealing with media responsibilities and makeup and TV and, you know, all this other stuff. And it's just impossible to keep up. I mean, I know if I don't, if I if I'm not completely plugged into the matrix for six hours, you know something suffers. And I think a lot of these guys they just don't get enough basketball viewing time. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, why you get some Russell Westbrook picks. Um, anything else before we start doing a little post mortem work here on the uh, Bucks and the Raps? Well, the Bucks in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you're saying the Raptors season's over already. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I was I was saying goodbye to that series. Um, no, but you reminded me there was another basketball team, and uh, they were the the uh, the Blazers, and they did exist. Um, yes. They just didn't have a shot, unfortunately. Um, I thought. Uh, Damian Lillard was injured in that series. Uh, I think it might have even been the hamstring and not the rib that mm-hmm. was holding him back because he just didn't have that final kick. You know, when he was really rolling in, in the OKC series, like he kind of had that sort of like, uh, I always call it Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. Uh, and I don't know if he played Tech Mobile growing up, but the uh, just being faster and quicker and you know, nobody can even just touch you. You know, that's how he looked against OKC. And then, you know, you fast forward to the Warriors series and he just looks slow. So um, if he's going to look slow, if he's going to be injured, he, they got no shot against the Warriors was my thinking there. Uh, but I, just, I, I thought he made some poor decisions, too. I, I thought that, you know, the, the, the chasing of the step back three mm. and then the, the deep, you know, like the three that he hit to win the first series, like, okay, he cut, he goes against the Warriors. He, he comes down, he makes one. Then like two positions down, he takes another. It's like, like how, how good a percentage do you really think you're going to do from out there? <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just be like, just, just on a numbers basis. When you take a second, one of those within two or three possessions, you're probably going to miss it, you know? And like, you just can't, people think that, you know, that they can just give away possessions because that's what happens all, all season long. But the playoffs are the playoffs, and teams like the Warriors understand that. And when you're trying to cut a lead from 11 to 8, you know, on a shot like that, 
it, it just is a devastating thing because the Warriors guarantee you're going to come down and hit another one, and now you're looking at 14 points, you know? So uh, that, those kind of like trying to make those big plays. I thought, McCull- I thought McCollum was, I, I think the last two series, I think he was very savvy and sharp and taking what the defense gave him and stuff. But, you know, and part of that might have been because of the injury, you know? Like if Lily was just like, I can't really take it strong to the hole, but you got to at least – dummy you know i thought we'll talk about it i thought Kawhi has done a really good job the last three games of kind of like playing at different speeds and and uh, playing possum with with the defense of um of the bucks where he really didn't have the explosion either but you could you didn't know for a fact that he didn't have it you know so there's so much in what you just said right there that that it it, it kind of encapsulates the Kawhi Leonard experience and it's a great contrast to something that Damian Lillard's not doing in these, um, you know, in, 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 it was, it was kind of with Bob Myers, you know, um, Golden State Warriors GM said this is that you, you, you don't measure players about, you know, in, in the regular season, you measure them in the playoffs and this stuff, like, you know, when we look back at James Harden's series, we look back at Damian Lillard's series, you know, James Harden isn't able to win because he doesn't have that final kick you know, in, in the X's and O's and the basketball IQ sense um, mm. with Lillard, it was, it was kind of a little bit of the same thing. Like he's not able to, you know, let's say he's injured. He's not able to handle these double teams for whatever reason. He's not getting to that point where a Kawhi Leonard's getting in there. Like you said, um, you know, I might not be a hundred percent, but I'm going to basically fake like I am, or I'm going to make you respect it no matter what. So Lillard, I, I thought when they were coming off these screens and trying to double team him, he could have gone around and, and really forced the issue trying to get to either the baseline or to the cup and, and really just turn the corner on those traps. But he just didn't have it, whether that was to do the injury or um, what I think with him is that he's not quite comfortable attacking the rim like CJ McCollum was was basically doing in the same exact kind of position is like okay you're gonna give me this I'm gonna just take it to the cup and then you know rinse rinse lather and repeat Dame didn't have that um so you know that's uh the Kawhi experience is uh is something and, and and we might as well get into that series here um you know we just watched it end the uh Bucks looked you know up to oh like they were just at a different gear than the Raptors. And um, then it all changed. They finally got punched in the face. Um, And then, then they never recovered. And that's so crazy about the the playoff environment is when somebody finally picks your weakness out, right? What, what are you doing to change? Um, And they just never really ever changed because to me, the, the, the Giannis going from being, immortal to mortal yeah. really just was like, that was everything. They, yeah. um, they marked him in transition and then they, they rotated everything perfectly and they put Kawhi Leonard on him and, and that was it. Yeah. I, I really felt like Budenholzer didn't do him any favors either. I thought he had a poor series. I thought that there were places to move him. Um, you know, I think that, like he should, they should have ran a little more pin down action for him, where he curls into the paint. Maybe you enter the ball to him at the paint. Because once, once it was clear that they were not going to allow Giannis, if he ever caught the ball at at the three point range or not, he was never going to get a clean look to the cup. They were walling him up like it was. Like, you know, like they were winning awards if they were, if, if everybody in the Raptors was touching shoulders in front of him, you know, he wasn't going to get to the paint. And then, you know, compound that with like the Bucks not making enough threes and really, I think, taking too many threes. I mean, they had guys, you know, Ilya Sova and Mirtich at times had guys sprinting at them and they were chucking them up anyway when a, a simple, you know, the long two would have been a very good shot for this series. And they were just were not they were not willing to do it, and um, yeah, I, I think that they could have moved Giannis down low a little more and tried to do some more direct post action, but um, you know, they one, did not. One thing that was was also interesting is everybody talked about them in their transition game and and that they were this running team, and you know, I watched eighty two games of the Kings, and I watched a team really like want to try to wear that identity and. 
they ended up getting um, too fatigued down the stretch of the season because it was such a mental grind to to run the way that they were running. So every made basket, like every player turning and running and everybody pitching the ball ahead and really kind of pushing into the crevice as, as far as you can with that, with, with really reckless abandon, but in a way that, you know, you're going to pull it out and not make mistakes, you know, if, if, if the action's not there, that wasn't happening for Milwaukee. Like they didn't have that mentality. And so when, when that, when it changed from a fast paced series to a slow paced series and the numbers all bore that out, starting in game three, the pace went way down. And, uh, I thought just Toronto just got a huge gift with that. Um, and then in game game three, when that, was yeah. in, in game three when when their backs were against the wall, and they had all these players fouling out. <laughs> you had all these players that were really struggling, like Marcus, Fred Fred Van Vliet. You know these players that are really struggling. They um, kind of got forced by you know there's no players available. To, to stay in these games yeah. and and dig themselves out of these situations where, I mean, both Casal and, and Van Vliet, I mean, the struggles were really real. And yeah, then, yeah. then they ended up being these key contributors throughout the rest of that four-game run. Um, yeah. The Bucks, yeah. I, I, I mean, Budenholzer isn't, at least as far as I can tell, getting a ton of criticism. Um, but, yeah. I, no, I, he's not. But I, I, I thought that, I mean – you know, and again, I mean, the media is human and he consistently plays nice with them. So and that's kind of you benefit from that. But I just and it's not I don't know, like he can't make, you know, Bledsoe and guys hit shots. You know, he can't make you hit shots. But I thought that just as far as getting Giannis the ball, because even with Kawhi on him a couple of times when they were able to get out and transition and he was able to rim run. I mean, he's still just significantly bigger and longer than than Kawhi. Once he catches it down there, there's really nothing you can do. But they just never made a consistent effort to put him in the seven, eight foot area to, you know, they, they, everything was off the dribble from the three point line. And it's just that's when when they're playing a zone on you, it's just you're not going to get to the rim. You know? <laughs> there was a big whole argument on Twitter about whether it was a zone or man coverage. <laughs> oh, this poor guy on Twitter has had a rough week. Uh, but uh, that's I mean, because there was so much tagging of, of Giannis while he operated on the perimeter. I mean, there's no way he could drive through that. I mean, but to, in, in games one and two, he had that berth. He had that space. And, um, you know, the adjustment to move Kawhi onto him, I didn't think it was going to work after seeing some of the stuff that we saw in sure. the game two, game three range where Giannis just made Kawhi kind of look like a little kid and yeah. just sort of went through him. So it was a fascinating series because, you know, I got all sorts of money on the, the Raptors and, you know, I was feeling pretty bad and I was sitting there going, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to let Cos know he's the man again. And yeah. turns so out much. I'm the man on <laughs> that right. particular pick. Um, I don't know. It was a, just a wonderful series. Kyle Lowry, I thought, really answered, you know, the oh, bell on. I mean, what, what were we just saying two weeks ago that he's the worst All Star we've ever seen in the playoffs? <laughs> don't let, don't. Okay, Mike Passador, who heads up our fantasy and is also doing our team coverage now, um, is writing some great stuff. Don't ever let him hear that though. And I know he <laughs> listens to the show. Um, can't talk trash on on Kyle Lowry mostly because he, I think he. You know, well, he really embodies what Toronto's all about because nobody wants to shoot the damn ball, and that's him in a nutshell. Um, right. But he just the hard work, the just the the. I mean, he hit a lot of key shots, and then Norm Powell as well. I don't Norm think. Powell, oh, yeah. I don't think they're. They, I don't think they're even come close to winning a game almost without him there. I uh, agree. Really, really, I mean, so those two guys, um, you know, Mark Gasol pushed through it. Uh, man, is he? Uh, you know, I don't know. His stock has gone down quickly. Down. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he's gonna have to come to Jesus moment real quick. 
um, because I thought that, and he's a he, you can tell one thing you can tell when you watch them play is how good of a locker room guy he is because when he plays well it really lifts the guys up. I mean, they are, they get a little more bounce in their step and like, you know, they, they not only they need him for a game perspective, but it seems like they all really, really like and respect him. And he just can't afford to have atrocious games. And it's not even from the shot making perspective. He just has, I mean, it, it seemed there's stretches in this, in this playoff where like teams just don't respect him. <laughs> you know, and like you can't be a guy of his stature and not and have the, nobody on the other team. I, I thought it was a fascinating sort of thing when uh, after game three, they interviewed him uh, out of the TNT guys interviewed him yeah, yeah. and they to a man basically told him that he was not being aggressive enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they kind of even said, so like, do you understand that if yeah. you're aggressive, yeah. that, that you guys have a chance to win? <laughs> yeah. Like the psychology of like you're sneaking in on therapy or something, you it, know. It was fascinating, and it to me it was like I I could tell that Gasol was kind of like, all right, now I'm on national TV taking tra- taking crap yeah. from Chuck. He's old. He's old fat guys. <laughs> right, and and it, I, maybe and then in game four and five he really came out aggressive, and um, so he's a big storyline. They didn't go to Bach at all. I thought that that was actually just sort of left. You know, um, they just sort of left money on the table with that, um, but uh, that didn't change very much. And and this is probably a good time to pivot into this series. So, I'm extremely excited. I think that the the Raptors have a chance. I'm got the balance of this show here to decide if I'm going to bet against the Warriors. <laughs> um, this is uh, I mean, let's I guess reset the table here. So we've got um, you know the Warriors. We're not quite sure what's up with Kevin Durant. At this point, he's in time. not playing. It, I can say that much. He's not you, playing. You've been all over this cause, and I mean, this is this is this is one of the I benefits was, of having an athlete on the show. Is I was wrong on the diagnosis that it wasn't Achilles right after, but like, and even like a calf. It's uh, I wouldn't maybe be as confident if I hadn't pulled my calf before, but it's just you can't do anything like. He, there's no possible way if he's not even doing basketball stuff yet, like when, like just by himself, he's not on the court doing basketball stuff. There's no way he's going to be ready. There's absolutely no way that he's ever going to be ready to trust that thing in crucial games. It, there's just no way. I mean, he would be a liability beyond all liabilities for him to play. So. That I mean, if he had said he he had started basketball activities a week ago, I'd be like, okay, well maybe he can get out there and do something. Still think he'd be a liability, but if he hasn't even started that, I mean, there's no way. I mean, the, the, there are so many. I, I I don't know the the most recent um, if if anything's come out saying the last twelve hours here on uh-huh. on Durant and, and his chances to to play, um, but it's just a huge. I mean, forty minute hole. <laughs> they got to fill and yeah. <laughs> it, it i mean we've i'm not i'm not gonna say that the warriors are better without katie like i'm just not gonna say that because i mean defensively he adds so much alone and he's probably the best offensive player close to the best i mean take away certain things like he he's as good as it gets so yeah i mean the but the this now takes this back, you know, to an old school Warriors series. Uh, you know, Steph and Clay. I, I don't know, kind of how much they're going to want to play big versus um, the Raptors, and I don't know how much the Raptors even have an appetite to put Marc Gasol into this type of a series. Um, that's, I guess, from my. That's where I, when I'm trying to break this thing down, I'm trying to figure out: Do the Raptors stay big? Because if they stay big. You know that means Kevin Looney becomes a factor, and you know the the Draymond Green at center lineups. You know they would have to decrease a little bit. Um, right? Is that a win for Toronto? Uh, I think so. I just don't think they have the depth really to not play him. You know, I, I think even if they didn't think that that was the best thing for them with Marcus Lowe, because you look at like Danny Green. If that don't get any better, I mean, not, he's not playing center, but 
it's just another body that you simply can't count on, you know? So I would be definitely more inclined. I mean, I think if he can get out there and do something, um, you know, even if it's, I mean, Bogut's only going to play five, 10 minutes, you know, um, you're looking at Looney getting, I mean, even think they were even, they were making a conscious effort to dust off the kid, um, Damian Jones, um, to make sure that he was prepared um, yeah, he got, three, he got three fouls in three minutes. Yeah, but he—I mean—he played a couple. Of, he played a couple of games, but I think. But, but there, there was making, a purpose for that. I bet. I mean, Kerr's absolutely trying to keep his brain in the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think they got a plan and just hope for the best. Um, I, I think that what you've seen from him on the block, Gasol, against some really small guys, doesn't bode well if he tries to go in and bully. Um, uh, Draymond, but um, well, I don't I mean, think he. I don't think he even wants to. I would imagine not after he couldn't score on Jimmy Butler and uh, <laughs> Tobias Harris. <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine the down low doesn't seem to be his cup of tea anymore. But he's at least got to do better when he's at. And they haven't really put him you in know, the, that. That wasn't the. I mean, there were the. Let's uh, uh, just mumble a bunch. The the Kings played the the Grizzlies at one point, and and Gasol couldn't back down any of those guys either. It's he he's lost all semblance of his post game. Yeah, it it appears. Um, I I think with the Warriors though, you know, when you've got those two players, Steph and Clay, it's really just about can you maintain integrity on all of those different actions that are designed to spring them loose, the transition game, and, right. and screen and roll. I mean, so if it's going to be uh, whether it's Looney. Or or Draymond, you know, setting those screens, and then you have Gasol, you know, stepping up. Um, you know, he's going to have to sell out on that three point line, and those guys are going to have to become drivers. If you're Toronto, making a game plan. Um, but then, uh, to your point about Danny Green, I, the the thing that gets me excited about the Raptors is they have a lot of combinations, and they might even be getting OG and Nunaby back, which would add another rangey. Yeah, give yeah. him options. I mean, even if he's not going to be expected to do much offensively, um, yeah. you know, give you 15 minutes to um, to do some switching and, and, and stay on top of. I mean, I, I think in, in this kind of series, you almost have to be looking at, I, I sell out on Stefan Clay and make everybody else beat me. You, yeah, you could try. I think, the, I think what's going to be interesting is – how well Kyle Lowry in particular and, and Siakam, how well they play on offense. Because I think if they can really run through, if, if Kyle Lowry is bringing the ball up the majority of the time and getting guys where they need to be and where Kawhi is basically just becoming a catch-and-shoot or a catch-and-quick-drive guy, then you have the opportunity to put Kawhi on Steph or Clay, and if but if you don't, if it's going to be like it's been, where he's bringing the ball up and almost playing Harden esque type of style, where he's just going one on one and there's maybe one or no passes, it, it, you're going to have to. You can't expect him to, to carry that much of the offensive load and then take one of those guys, especially because without Durant. Now Steph's doing his thing where he runs from side to side four times in a possession. I mean, there's no way that Kawhi can do all that offensively and then come back and stay with him, at least not for, you know, 30 minutes or 40 minutes or something like that. So so to me, offensively is where the, the Raptors are really going to have to play well so so Kawhi could, can't concentrate on maybe cutting off one of those guys' heads. I would be worried about... Siakam's offensive game translating in this series. I think that there's too many body types out there that aren't going to necessarily fall for what Siakam's really good at is sort of getting to a spot faster than the other guy and, and having the length and the sort of vertical acceleration to, to get a ball up on the glass and, and a lot of twisting, spinning layups that, that he's not going to get against Andre Iguodala. He's not going to get them against Draymond Green. Um, I think Draymond's going to be the guy that, at least if I was him, I would, for me, I think that Iggy is going to be almost exclusively on Kawhi. Kawhi. 
him and him and Clay, I think, are going to get the lion's share of that load. I, and I would think that, that that would mean that they would move uh, Draymond over because he's such a he's so good at I think you know contesting the shot and still keeping his a guy like Siakam off the glass. So that's what I would do anyway. Um, but we'll it, it, see. I, I, but I agree with you. But I think if he could just hit open shots, though, well, more so than creating offense, I think that will help. Well, and, and this kind of sort of back to your point, I think Kyle Lowry, he is a guy that he's got to find ways to, to get more into the teeth of the defense, and he's got to find ways to get to the glass, uh, yeah. most mostly because he's – you know, he's such a one trick pony out there. He's trying to draw the foul on that that, you know, straight line drive to the baseline. And yeah. then other than that, he's got no game to the hoop. Um yeah. he's usually just looking for step backs or um, you know, quick pull threes. So uh he he will have more opportunities though. Uh whether that's in one on one against Steph or just, you know, there are some guys in, in that are gonna have to play for the Warriors that, you know, like Sean Livingston. You know, no spring chicken there. Jonas Urebko, uh, I don't think he's a credible defender. Um, and then McKinney. McKinney, you have to play big minutes. I mean. He's going to give – and he's going to see us. I bet he sees some Kawhi. Yes, he will. He will. Um, I forgot about him. Yeah, he definitely will. But, um, but I don't know if that's a really – I mean, he's a really good athlete and he's strong, but I don't know if he's ready like – for that kind of jet mind stuff. What he's, what Kawhi Leonard's doing right now. I mean, he like looks like the smartest basketball player I've ever seen in my you know, life. And I'm glad that you, you're, you're doing exactly what I wanted to do right now. I wanted to talk Kawhi because this is something special that we're seeing here. I, the way he's, you mentioned this before about how he's sort of slow playing offensively. And yeah. this, I, something maybe about being able to palm a bowling ball. You know, and sure. have that confidence. But he's dribbling into spaces, and you're sort of like, Why? How, how do you expect to get through that? And he, you don't look at him and go, oh, this guy's an amazing dribbler, but he keeps everybody on their on his hip. Yep. No, nobody gets to the ball, ever. Yep. And yep. and so he's just slow playing it. Um, it's It's really beautiful to watch, like just sort of patiently waiting for that defender to get either – you know, I guess on the the back of the heels is the only way to describe it. Um, Even like when he's, you know, he's going to shoot it sometimes. Like there was that one stretch, I think in game five, it was back-to-back possessions where he did two step backs on um, Brooke Lopez when he got the switch. And it was like, you knew he was going to shoot it. And Lopez, to his credit, played pretty good. But it was like, it still didn't seem forced. It seemed like, he just hadn't had that opportunity to be on Brook Lopez yet. And once he did, there was no way he wasn't going to shoot it. But it never seemed forced. It just seemed like, oh, thank you, thank you Milwaukee. You've finally uh, done the stupid thing that I've been waiting for you to do. <laughs> thank you for these, these uh, quick six points, you know. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't think Clay can cover him. I don't think McKinney can cover him. And... Clay gets too many stupid fouls. I, well, and the crazy thing about Kawhi is he's he knows his airspace so well, and he knows he could get up and over Clay's contest. Like that's it's, and he shoots that flat little jumper. It's it does not look like it's going in. And oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's just really beautiful to watch. And I think Iguodala is going to have some pretty good success against him. Um, that, well, he's their best perimeter defender. You know, I, he's a smart defender too. Like arms and hands, and he's just one. Of, he's one of the best that's ever done it. Quite honestly, on the perimeter, in my opinion. Yeah, that that play against um, Damian Lillard, where he took the the contact from Lillard and grabbed the arm ever so quickly. <laughs> that was just classic, great defense, classic Iguodala, and um, you know. So when I look at this and I go, okay, you know, Toronto's got some depth issues, but they also have this potential. I mean, you could go Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard. You could throw Ibaka at the five, and, and you could go Siakam at the four, or you could bring in Anunoby even. And yeah. um, even somebody like Fred Van Vliet, you know, he, he plays the spaces well. 
there's there's a lot of different ways I think you could slow this Warriors team down. Uh, Vegas has the over under pretty low at two thirteen. Uh, that signifies that you know they they expect a little bit of a slower series and um, you know some of this defense to come into play. Uh, yeah. But I, I I look at this and I kind of go, you know, the Warriors can't keep winning forever, and um, <laughs> man, they are so thin. And yeah, I, see, I don't, I don't. We're we're gonna see how much you know Steve Kerr is had faith and we'll see if the faith remains, you know, cause you got to figure they're going to come out in game one, a little rusty and Toronto's going to be at home. They might get hit really hard early. And so we're going to see if, if, if Steve Kerr is going to tap into his, uh, his uh, inner Phil Jackson and like still go to the bench, even though they might be down 16 and give them the, the minutes that they need to get those other guys the rest that they need. Um, that's gonna that that first game, him how he how he plays his bench, I think is gonna kind of set the tone for their for their series. Because if he goes back to okay, Clay and Steph and Iggy are all playing forty three minutes, it's, it's not a good. That's not good. <laughs> He's got to let Quinn and McKinney and all those guys. Looney, I think. It's fine. Looney's just a solid player, so I don't I don't worry about him at all. But he's got to get those guys, let them take their lumps, you know, um, before they, uh, you know, and not just shut it down so quickly because these guys need need to, they need rest. The good news is, is I think Toronto's got at least three or four lineups that they use regularly that are just total dogs, you know. And and if you're gonna <laughs> like if you end up with like. I mean, sometimes it was as simple for Toronto as like, is Norm Powell on the court? Because if he is, then you have somebody that's willing to shoot the ball, you know. <laughs> because it was like Van Vliet, Gasol, Ibaka. I mean, nobody wants to shoot. Nobody can. Nobody can do anything. Even you know, if you throw Danny Green in there, it was like legitimately yeah. nobody would want to shoot. So I think that you know, Kerr will have space to play those lineups, and definitely, I don't think they're worried about losing a game one. Um, they uh, get the most recent odds here. They were, I want to say, either f- barely favored for game one or actual underdogs in game one. Um, yeah, it was it was close. Yeah, they're favored by one point right now. And that over-under has shot up to 215. So uh, that's, okay. um, you know, I, I you got the Raptors with... You know, home court advantage. Um, you know, they have come off this this tough series. They've played a lot of tough series, so they're battle tested. I think they know what they are. Uh, I think the Warriors are going to come in and, and slap them around a little bit in this first game. I think uh, okay. I think that they they probably want to make an impression um, early on in in the series and and you know throw a little bit of their 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 money on the table. And mm-hmm. lean, lean into Toronto a little bit because you know this is a team that's that's had trouble with moments in the past. Though Ka- Kawhi Leonard changes it all for me, um, but you know I would want to try to get all of these guys that have struggled mightily, you know, looking back at last series. So Gasol, Van Vliet, uh, or Kyle Lowry. I want to get those three guys questioning whether or not if they can make a shot. Right. So do you, if you're, so put on your Nick Nurse hat here, are you going to, do you think that it, knowing that the Warriors are going to want to come out and really kind of establish the, the whole, this is who we, you know, you know who we are kind of thing. Are you going to go like, you know what, we're going to get this damn game, you know? And if that means, you know, if we're, if we're in view and Kawhi has had this rest for the last five days, are you going to be like if we're in, in if we're in arm's length, he's playing forty five minutes, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get this game won? I kind of do. I, I I mean, because if if the if the Warriors come out super focused and super ready to take this thing, and you can still and you're still there, I mean, you you think you, you gotta just go for it, right? I mean, like I just think this is a Toronto team that's been that's that's had a hard time when they get punched in the face. Yeah. And yeah, they answer a lot of that stuff with Kawhi and, you know, they answered a lot of those questions in this last series and they did it against Philly for that matter. 
but they just have this thing where they can disappear. And if you can tap into that and you can, you know, if you're the Warriors, you could get them into a 3-1 and, and just mark this thing as over. I, I really like that idea for them. Um, and I think they also have the, the experience to, if they did overexert and, and then they did kind of have these worst-case scenarios start to pop up, I think that they could you know, have that adversity, you know, in their background to draw upon and, and, and still actually be, you know, fine if that yeah. comes up. But uh, I, I kind of think this is going to be a long series no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm leaning well, I'm going. I'm gonna. I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna take Warriors in six. I think that I've. Uh, I've. I've. You know, we, we was telling my wife. I was like, you know, beginning of the season when our season preview, me and you both picked. Uh, we but this is before even the trade. We both picked the Warriors and the Raptors. Right before the playoffs, we both picked the Warriors and the Raptors. And then during the playoffs, <laughs> I'm the only one that said no. It's the Bucks. But um. <laughs> So we've seen this coming since before the season started, but I just think that uh, for in, in some respects... Who did we pick? Think, did we pick? I can't remember who we, we picked. picked. The Warriors. We both, we picked, both the picked the Warriors, so I would have to change my pick if I was to go, get off the Warriors. Yeah, I'm going to stay with the Warriors. I think, you know, you know, we just said that, um, you know, uh, they're not a better team with uh, without Durant. But I, I do think this style of play really kind of neutralizes some of Kawhi's defensive greatness. I think if if I was them and Durant was in the series, I would be inclined to just lock him up on, on Steph and say, "Okay, Steph, you're going to ha- average uh, you know 16 points a game, and we'll see Durant go one on one against uh, you know Siakam and these guys, and Clay won't get the ball either." But now that they're back to that old style, I think it kind of neutralizes a little bit of what Kawhi does on the defensive end. And, and for that, and that's the main reason that I'm going to go with the Warriors. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Well, let's keep it interesting here. I'm going to take Toronto in seven. Oh, boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I, I just think there's enough of a competitive advantage there with some of that depth to switch. But I, I, if, if I could have this caveat, and I know I can't have this caveat, but if I could know that Serge Ibaka is going to play more than Marcus Gasol. I, I think I've, he will. I think he will. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't. I just think that you're going to need Gasol to play good I, when I, he's there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want Gasol matched up against Looney's minutes. and, and Yeah. Anytime I, I can get him, you know, against the second unit, this is the t- this is the hard part though. They're so much better offensively when Gasol is good. Yeah, it opens up everything for them. Yeah, I would be, you know, like if you're calling it in seven, that's a that's probably if you think it's going to be that long a series, and that's a good call because I don't think that I'd be inclined to go against Kawhi. Like this is one of the first time. This is like, you know. Again, the the best player is going to be, you know, on the other team. Like Kawhi is hands down the best player on the floor, and um, with what he does, I mean, it'd be hard in a game seven. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think that the Warriors. I think that, uh, I think the pride that they're taking in this minus Durant thing. I think that uh, you're going to get a whole lot of the best of Steph Clay in this, this series. I think it's going to be, that's I'm really excited for this. I, I think it's going to be like kind of an all time great series. Um, especially if the Raptors could pull it off cause it would be unseating, you know, the, I don't oh. think, I don't think the Warriors would get any, any, uh, you know, nobody would feel, feel sorry for them cause they didn't have Kevin Durant because, you know, Steph and Clay and everybody talking about, is this team actually better with them, you know, uh, rather than KD. It's a fascinating series. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take those Raptors and, uh, Oh, Canada, baby. Okay. But it's all about Kawhi and it, it makes me feel so good. Cause I think I, I know I've had him and I'm pretty sure you've had him. Um, I've had him as the, the best in the league, you know, yeah. and, and then the, the injury hit and had, yeah, but that, I mean, like, yeah, that one season, I think it was the one where, uh, was it the one where Westbrook, Westbrook won his MVP? Was that where he had that just crazy season? Yeah, and, 
just wasn't wrapped up in a cute bow like triple double exactly that was a historic season like that dude is like so beyond what people give him credit for and i'm happy that he's getting to show it you know just the fact that he can control the tempo on both sides of the floor just does it for me so i'm uh i'm all quiet all the way uh his his uncle notwithstanding and uh all of the drama that's gonna ensue because if they win i still am not sure he stays in toronto (laughs) i just don't know we'll see i I think uh, what's that thing they did uh Kawinem, Winem, and Resign. Kawinem, Dynam, Resign. Did you hear about that? No, but I did hear a joke on Twitter about how, like, sometimes Kawhi comes home from, like, this game six, game seven stuff, and his family's like, oh, wait, where did Kawhi go? And he just sort of comes back in, sits at the table, and says, oh, hey, I'm back. Like, yeah. He's, his interviews have been priceless, though. These 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 post game interviews have been so awesome, just because he's like, when you say to the one lady, he's like, you know, what's your mindset going on? He's like, he's like, oh, you know, we gotta, I gotta, I don't know, I gotta get back in the locker room and see what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. He's awesome. So <laughs> I do want Toronto to win games just so we can have, you know, immediate post game Kawhi interviews. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm going to be rooting for that because that means that they're winning and that means that I'm doing pretty well uh, to make it all about me. I think that's going to do it for this show. Uh, You can find us online at www.facebook.com slash show, where we are probably about 75 days without a Facebook interaction. But you know what? Screw you, Facebook. You can follow us on uh, hoop-ball.com on Twitter. Twitter.com slash show. Another one's in the books. Peace. Peace.